Truly, the birth of Christ gave us a new song in our heart, a new joy, and that is Christmas. <clears throat> you know, yesterday I was at uh, uh, Trader Joe's uh, doing some shopping, and I saw a, uh, a young man turn around, so I say, hi, Adol, and he hugged me. And uh, I looked, it was Don. And you know, uh, it brought joy to my heart, that hugged on. I thank you very much for that. And I didn't know, he didn't tell me he was coming to church today. I would have prepared a different message, but... <laughs> no, uh, but uh, it was, I was so happy and pleased to see you with your wife here this morning. And I understand we're going to have lunch with you. And thank God for the safety, your trip. I asked him, how was the trip? He looked, uh, he said, okay. He said, it was Fabulous. Amen. So, welcome back. Welcome home. You came at the right time. Christmas time. You know, Christmas time is a time uh, touches my heart. I don't know. I become more uh, compassionate. Uh, and uh, I, I live um, uh, hoping that the whole world is enjoying Christmas the way I'm enjoying it. I enjoy it in my heart. I always enjoyed it. And uh, this season, I... Uh, was looking to see and hear more uh, Christmas songs. But you know, as we uh, grow older and uh, progress on this journey, we're going to hear less Christmas songs and more Christmas, less Christmas carols and more Christmas and secular songs about Christmas. I, I wanted so much to hear Heart the Herald Angel Sings, uh, silent night, joy to the world on the radio. You every now and then you hear one or two, but all the other songs are songs, not hymns, uh, proclaiming our Lord and Savior. And that uh, prompted me to uh, look deeper into the Scripture. And uh, I want to read, uh, and this is I want to bring this message to your attention today. And uh, this is where it came from. And it says in Luke. Chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. You don't have to open the Bible. And it came about that while they were there, (coughs) that is, Joseph, Mary, and Mary, the days were completed for her to give birth. They were in Nazareth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. And when I, when I started looking at this, I said, well, I want to talk about that one Sunday. And here I am. Many, fr- many who were there from out of town that time came to Bethlehem. The little town was buzzing with visitors who had come to obey Caesar's decree that all citizens Register in their city of birth. And there was no room in Bethlehem for the Savior. Can you imagine that? Someone might say, I wish I were the innkeeper. I wish I was there. I would have taken care of the expectant mother. I would have given them all the attention in the world. How come they said there was no room for them? Oh, I would have. I would have made room for them in the end. I would have assisted this young lady, young girl, in her crucial hour. 
I would have made room for the baby who was then be called Jesus. And let me ask, uh, is this uh, every, what everyone is saying today? Is that for real, that I would have made room for Jesus? But a reminder, just for us who are in this, in this uh, hall today, in his birth, there was no room for him. And I hope there is a room for him in our hearts today. When he grew up, he did not have a place to lay his head upon. Is that true? This is what the Bible says. He was even rejected by his people. In 1 John 1.11, the Bible says, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. As if to them, hey, we have no time for you now. We have no place for you and no place for Jesus. And when he died... He was buried in a borrowed tomb. So in this world, though he came as a savior, but he was rejected completely. In his birth, in his life, and even in his death, he had no place to be buried. People's hearts were closed. They were no welcome for him and no place for him. As if they had on all their motels at that town, no vacancy. huh? Wherever they went, even the homes... Even when, 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 wherever they knocked on any door, no vacancy. We can only offer you the stables where animals were kept. If I were to give a title to this place in Bethlehem, I'd call it the inn that missed its chance. The inn that missed its chance. Dear friends, brothers, sisters, And guests this morning, if Jesus came today, would he find room to abide in? Let's say things have changed. I can tell you one thing. According to my experience, nothing has changed. The heart of man is still where it were. And men did not change. And today... I don't think if Jesus comes in, he would find a place in the hearts of many people. Now, if you, I, I guarantee you that. And I give you that. But the majority, no. But you know, how about those people who are collecting food for, for the needy? How about uh, all the places? How about the hospitals? How about doing, the, uh, doing things is right. Giving to the poor is right. Giving gifts to the needy children is right. And I encourage you to do it. But you know what, you know what people do it? They want to do it just because it is the season to do it. They do it from their lips. As the Bible clearly said, this people honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far away from me. We do it just to have a place to show the world that we are still a passionate nation. But without the heart. Oh yes. If Jesus felt tired and he wanted to pass by some place and some home today. Would he find the welcome that he found at the house of Mary, Martha and Lazarus? Ask yourself this question. If he came unannounced. Would he find the place? Would he find a room for himself? And this is what prompted me to look at this verse 
this morning. Would he find homes and hearts that will receive him as the announced Savior? You know, it's getting very difficult. Recently, I heard on the news that in Washington, you know, in Washington, you have all kinds of delegations because they, they're there near our, the White House. In Washington, no manger scene was allowed at all this year. In New Jersey, I picked up these from the, from the news. Elementary, and elementary schools were being, were teaching their ch- uh, uh, children, the children there, secular songs to sing on Christmas rather than Christmas carols. If he comes today, would he find room? The reason, they said, we have to consider other religions. We should not offend anybody. Besides, it's not politically correct. You know, in our celebrations... We have exchanged the heart of Christmas, which is worship, praise, and celebration to Jesus our Lord, and replaced him with Santa and the holiday festivities and social parties. I stand to be corrected if I'm wrong. We give more attention to Santa. And, you know, I've, I was looking for one place, I've, only one place from the places I visited during this season to hear Silent Night on the radio, you know. At Costco, for instance, okay. Or at anywhere, all you hear is jingle bells and Santa's coming to town. And I have news for you, Ron, Santa is not coming to town. <laughs> Do you want me to sing it for you? No, no, stay here. All this, where are the carols? Understand, Christmas is to praise our Savior who came here to save us. Yeah, we have replaced all this with it. If he came today, would he find room in your heart? You don't want to be the person that missed this chance. Since the creation, if you look In the book of Genesis, since the creation, the devil hated Jesus Christ. He was scheming against his birth. And he's raging against the celebration of the true Christmas. His true birth, his true coming into this world. He is not happy with what we're doing this morning. If he, ha- if he had a chance, he would stop me from speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming into this world. And you know what? We're giving him a chance. You know why? Because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into this world, it's a wonderful story. It's the story of love, one. Two, it's the story of redemption. And finally, it's the story of life eternal through him. He doesn't like that. And we believe life begins with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is eternal life. It begins with Christmas. And we will always celebrate Christmas the true way. Yes? Amen to that. I don't care for people who don't like the trees. 
I don't care for people who don't like these lights. I love them, but I don't adore them. But they represent to me uh, the celebration for the true Messiah who came to this world to save me first. And I believe, you can quote me for that, because of Christmas Day, things have changed the whole world. And life was never the same again. As a hymn writer said, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. And man will live forevermore. Well, in view of that, and in order, in order for Christ to take his place, in order to take, stand firm, there a minority, a minority today are celebrating the true spirit of Christmas. It's been so commercialized that the Lord Jesus is completely lost in many ways. In order to encourage us, let me share with you a few things happening today. We need to make room in, uh, in uh, our work schedule. We have organized our timetables and scheduled to accommodate all our needs. But it seems we are always busy when it comes to scheduling the family to go to church. Is this the state of the nation today? We need to make room in our leisure activities. Families, please listen to that. We have room for sports. We have room for fun. We have room for vacation. We have room for dining out. We have room for anything else we need to do. But we have no room for worship and thanksgiving. May God help us to take heed. We need to make rooms in our goals and priorities. When it comes to Sunday service, this priority is down at the bottom. Down, down at the bottom. You say, but, you know, it's Sunday. It's the only time for the family. The newspaper is that thick and I have to cover it. From the first page to the last page. And I want to sit in my pajamas and sit down and read it and enjoy it. And I, this is my only leisure time. And where is Jesus? Do you have any room for him that morning? It's only Sunday, and I have to watch. You know, I think NFL is, is the enemy of Sundays. I love watching a football game, but not at 10 o'clock. I need to watch a football game. You can make room for a football game, but we're not making room for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is my question this morning. Have you any room for Jesus? Have you? He made room for us on the cross, didn't he? A man who's finished all his shopping center. I read about that recently. Oh, finished all his shopping and uh, his preparations and everything. And he sat down and said, now at last I am ready to enjoy Christmas. You know, when he sat down to enjoy Christmas, you know what he found? 
that the gifts did not satisfy him, the trimming of the tree did not satisfy him, the visiting family and friends did not satisfy him, and the vacation time that he took from work did not satisfy him. And he was, he was feeling a void. He said, how can I fill this void? And he looked at his life. He was empty-hearted and empty-handed. And he said, I am not enjoying it. What is missing? And the, the story stopped there. I can answer this man and tell him what's missing. He had no room in his heart for Jesus Christ. Our schools. If he comes to our schools today, would he find rooms? Let me ask you this question openly. <clears throat> Dean and I were sitting last Saturday, and I said, Dean, let's watch a, 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 a Christian station. And here comes the, the, the pastor. He said, you know, he stood up and he says, I love Christmas. I love the Christmas tree. I love everything. And he said, 15 years ago, my kids came from school. They had a little paper, a little note, dear parents. And it read, we have a new policy with regards to Christmas. That's 15 years ago in Southern California. Okay, he said, first, the Christmas season will be called from now on the Winter holiday. Secondly, three things there were. The Christmas tree will be called from now on the winter tree. And thirdly, the Christmas vacation will be called a winter break. He said, I took my three children out of school. And I put them in a private school. Though it's not affordable, but I put them there. I don't want them to hear about that. That was a preacher last Saturday I heard on the television. Dean was with me. Remind me, Dean. Make room in our schools. If he comes to our schools today, what will he find? In school curriculums, they have room to teach other religions, but no room for Jesus Christ. Recently, New York City school officials have adopted a controversial policy banning Christian-themed nativity scenes in public schools, saying it is a purely religious and historically unsubstantiated celebration. No room at the end then? 2,000 years ago, no room today at the end. The same thing. The heart of man did not change. Thank God for those who are changed. Thank God for those who are changed. Make room in our homes. Prayer altars in the family. Devotions in the family. Are seldom found. In our nation. Let alone the world. Other attractions. And maybe idols. Have taken place. In our homes. How about churches? Make room in churches. Watch out. You can see in the churches today, if you visit the majority of the churches, you see today programs and all activities, but no room for a prayer meeting or a good down-to-earth gospel message. We have all kinds of programs. Even recently on June 18, I read this. 
the town of Palm Beach, Florida, the officials said no to displaying of the nativity scene, but yes to the menorah. They did want to observe, to observe a Christian nativity scene, but they will observe a Jewish, the Jewish menorah. What's happening? There was no room for them in the inn. And consider this world is an inn. Is there a room for the real Jesus today? This is what prompted me. And I wanted to bring this to your attention. Let's not be taken by the outward appearances. This is all done for commercial reasons. This is not done to celebrate the birth of the Savior. Immediately I thought of the hymn writer who wrote, Have you any room for Jesus? He who bore your load of sin. As he knocks and asks admission, will you ever let him in? Room for pleasure, yes. Room for business, true. But for Christ the crucified, not a place that he can enter in the heart for which he died. May the Lord remind us why he came. Last week we said he came to bring God's love to us. This week he came with this love, but he couldn't find any room to settle in. And you say, I want to make room. I want to look at it. I'm glad I was reminded. Well, in order to make room, (coughs) I just wanted to say a few things. The furniture in the house may need to be rearranged. I don't know how how, uh, is your heart arranged and probably you're settled in your ways. But... If Jesus comes in and knocks at your heart and he says, I want to come in, would you let him into every room in your heart? If he knocks at the door of our homes today, would we run to the the door and open it and say, oh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, we need to clean a few things here. I have to shut down the computer. Because there are things there I was looking at, I don't... And I shouldn't. I want to clean some newspapers. Some magazines. I want to get some (coughs) videos. And DVDs and get them. Throw out the window. He's at the door. Throw them out the window to the backyard. And he's still knocking. Would you let him in? Yeah, he came in. He came in unannounced. He was coming from Jerusalem to Bethany. And he says, hey, I needed to rest. And he knew that the door was open at the place of where Lazarus lived. And the the doors were wide open. And every room was wide open. Not one room, every room was wide open. Folks, brothers and sisters in Christ, our homes should be a place where Jesus Christ can come anytime, any moment and occupy the whole house. Enough is enough. This is Christmas when Jesus can come in 
and can relax, take off his shoes and be what? The master of the house. He's not the guest. He's the master. He is all in all. After all, who gave us the house? After all, who gave you life to celebrate Christmas? After all, who gave you this money to go and buy whatever you want? After all, who gave you this wonderful life? Isn't he? Isn't he the Lord Jesus Christ? And say, we have no room for you. It's too much. Our neighbors are from a different religion and I want to, you know, I don't want to offend them. Will they also not offend you? Or will they celebrate whatever they celebrate? They've added so many, so many to Christmas. They've added all kinds of religious celebrations. Why? Because they want to lower the level of our Jesus Christ. And put him on the same level of all the so-called prophets that are all dead in their tombs except the Lord Jesus Christ who is up in heaven alive forever. There is no room. Some furniture. Let's run home. Jesus is coming. If he told, when he told Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I am going to your house. Zacchaeus came down from the tree and he started running to rearrange the furniture. Do we need to do that? We don't need to do that. If he, is, if he is the owner of your house, you don't need to run. There are some things, few things also to do. There is some baggage that needs to be thrown out. Are we carrying some baggage that they don't fit where Jesus is? Also, there's some stuff that needs to be discarded. You know about it. I don't. Some items may need to be eliminated from your life. Some relationships need to be severed. Because, you know, darkness and light don't go together. You cannot be the friend of this world and say, Hey, I have a dinner for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have, di- you have everyone comes in and you are having a celebration, drinking and doing all kinds of things. And Jesus comes in. They don't fit together. Some relationships need to be severed. Some habits need to be changed. And then you have to start over again. And you know what? You'll never be the same and you'll never regret doing so. Room for Jesus, King of glory. Hasten now his word obey. Swing your heart's door widely open. Bid him enter while you may. I want to come in, he says. You know, the world has pushed him out and out and out of their homes. Out and out of the, of the churches. Out and out of our lives. That he's standing outside. This is why. In Revelation chapter 3, verse says. I am standing at the door and knocking. Where do you knock? From the inside or the outside? The outside. He's out. Though he came to give us life. He came to give us salvation. He, gave, he came to give us happiness. He came to give us peace. He came to give us eternal life. 
And we said, no, thank you, there is no room for such a thing. And today, this is how the world is treating our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he's standing outside the door. I am knocking, he says, at the door. Ah, you know what the world needs? What you need, if the Lord is not in your life, is to extend your hand, reach that doorknob, and open it from the inside, and tell Jesus Christ, please come in. I have room for you. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be wonderful? To have a fellowship and relationship this Christmas with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yes, he will come in. He will not say, you've treated me wrong. He will not say, you've, you've disregarded me. He will not say, you kicked me out for the last 30 years of your life. He will not say anything. He is waiting to come in. And he will say, he will come in. And guess what? And you're looking for a good Christmas evening dinner. This will be the greatest dinner you'll ever have. He will have dinner with you. The Bible says he will sup in. What's sup in? He will dine with you. And you will dine with him. And you will then celebrate the true Christmas spirit with Jesus Christ. This is to me real Christmas. Is Jesus in our homes? Is Jesus in our hearts? Is Jesus in charge of the household? Is he all in all? Not part? Not at Christmas? Not at seasons? No. He should be the head of the household 365 days a year. Forever and ever. And when he is in control, your life will be in control and life will take a new meaning. I won't see you before next Sunday. And we're going to celebrate all of us Christmas. The true way. And if he is not in charge of your life, take this week, take Wednesday evening, Christmas Eve, and say, Lord, don't wait till that time even. Say, Lord, I want you to be in charge of my life. I open the rooms. Every room. I open my heart, my life, my children, my wife. Everything I put at your disposal. Just come in and relax with me. And he will relax. I won't see you. But if you do that, I promise you one thing. You'll spend the best Christmas season you've ever spent in your life. Until next Sunday, God be with you. Happy Merry Christmas and God bless you. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity of proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, the baby of Bethlehem, as our Savior, our Redeemer, our all in all. We pray that these words that were said this morning will be words that give fruits in our hearts that will take heed and have always room for you. Bless this congregation. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. Have a Merry Christmas and God bless you.